I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast is brought to you by VividSeats.com. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. We would love playing music at home and jamming with friends, but there's something special about getting out there in the crowd of your favorite band's show. Vivid Seats wants to help you see your favorite bands in concert from classic rock to heavy metal and everything in between. Vivid Seats is your source for concert tickets at a great price. And today, the deal is even sweeter as Vivid Seats are offering Guitar Nerds listeners an exclusive discount. Just go to vividseats.com or download the app and enter promo code GUITARNERDS, one word, for 10% off your first ticket order. The offer is good through to the end of August and for first-time customers only. There's no better way to catch your favorite bands and guitarists than being there in the crowd, experiencing it live. Vivid Seats will help get you there with promo code GUITARNERDS for 10% off your first order. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Matt Knight. Hello. And Jay Cross. That's me. That's right. I, sw- that? I know. I switched you guys around again. I felt I felt like it was, it's a good way to keep you on your toes. And, it feels um, like forever since we podcasted. It's, it's only been like it's 10 actually, days. Yeah, it's only been a week because we did the last couple a little bit early and this one is actually on our normal time slot. And uh, we did that because uh, I've just I've just got back. I, uh, I've returned from uh, from the ult- ultimate uh, like prog and post rock and math rock festival arc tangent. Um, oh, which, was, so which was rather wonderful. There. Yes, it was a shame that you weren't there, Matt. It was absolutely banging, but um, I have absolutely returned a uh, a broken man completely. Um, but then I did get to uh, spend the entire weekend surrounded by loads of like awesome, awesome gear. It's probably it must be one of the best festivals for gear. Just because all the bands are so weird and avant garde, so there's, <laughs> I, I mean, guitar, equi- oh, guitar gear, guitar, oh, guitar equipment. Gear. It's, oh, it's right. fantastic, is that? I, I'm not making any comments on the level of security that they have on on band access there, but uh, guitar gear wise, um, it's an absolutely fantastic festival. So I did get to see a ton of cool stuff over the uh, over the last week or so. Cool. Um, do you remember? Do you remember Pliny? We uh, we we interviewed him because Guitar Nerds, of course, we went to Arc Tangent Festival. I think two, maybe three years ago. Two years ago two, now. Yeah, two years ago. Yeah, that's right. And I think Matt, you interviewed Pliny. That was in very early days of of Pliny back then. I think he'd only just got his Strandberg at that point. I think. Yeah, was... he he was saying that he'd played basically the same Ibanez and an ME fifty since he started playing guitar and never bought any other gear. And then it always makes you think. The people that are really good at playing guitar generally didn't muck around with gear or amps. <laughs> they kind of just sat down and played guitar. Yeah. And they tend to yeah. be really good. But the people like me who bought loads of stuff just messed around with stuff and then right. never any got, got anywhere. I don't think I've improved any of my guitar or bass playing since I was around 18, 19, which I think is around the same time that I started working part-time in a guitar shop and then ended up with 
tons and tons of gear. Yeah. Again, and guitar equipment. Guitar equipment. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you get any did you get better, any better at cooking when you started working at home base? Um, <laughs> I was a uh, I, I did actually. I think it, it did naturally did okay. improve my ability. But um, uh, yes, but, but Pliny was there again. I think actually, and I, I I think I mentioned this when we talked about Arc Tangent uh, previously when I saw animals as leaders there. I think Pliny was the only Amplus stage that I saw. Um, oh yeah, I think it was like that before, wasn't it? Is it, is it just Kemper or is it? Yeah, I think it's. I, well, I think it might be Axe Effects for Pliny. Um, apologies, any Pliny fans, if I've got that wrong. But um, but it certainly was Amplus uh, for both him, um, his second guitarist who was playing a Framus, and uh, his bass player who was playing something I I wasn't sure of, but was also headless and a, a five string. And I have to say, um, it, it reconfirmed exactly what I think of Amplus stages. They are rubbish um it's yeah, absolute it, like it's it's a complete false economy having everything come out of the pa just means that if you're at the front it sounds rubbish um and and kind of everywhere else everything just sounds so super processed you know I, it, being at a festival where you're watching bands for eight or so hours um and and again this is a personal thing so it's it's it's, it's definitely not correct but there's something about all those um, all those awkward low mids or the over boomy bass because of where you're standing. There's something about that live, that live sound that's really important. And uh, to be honest, it just sounded like I was listening to a CD. We actually, uh, I, I, I left after a little while. I was just so so bored of sort of watching a man stand still playing guitar <laughs> exactly the same as it is on a record. Like it, it, it was genuinely. A boring watch, but I, th- I think that of anyone who's going to do an amplest stage and not add something to it's their because life they didn't have a hundred inflatable bananas and three drummers. That as as my band did, yes, absolutely. I think uh, gimmicks are very important when you don't write the the songs to back up um, <laughs> those gimmicks. <laughs> In fairness, though, it is very difficult. Uh, to get that sound, to get good sound when you're playing an outdoor stage. Like I it, yeah, I mean it's it, really difficult. Very very rarely do I see a band outside and think, yeah, I'm having a good time here. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I, th- I think that's a that's definitely an argument. And I think for for also I I I'm not a big fan of that sort of clean metally sound. I think for the sound that Pliny wanted to sound like, I think it was he did a very good job. But you you know I really preferred when when I went to see. Uh, Steve Albini's band, Shellac, play uh, Headline on the Saturday. Um, I really enjoyed their sort of massive, you know, his massive what was he Marshall using? stack. Marshall he, he stack, because he used metal picks as well, right? He does. Well, uh, both him and his bass player were playing Travis Travis Beans. Um, it was a shame not to see the Black Sledge. Uh, have you seen that guitar, the Steve Albini Black, no. Black Sledge? A fantastic looking guitar with one of the weirdest scratch picks you ever see. But I do understand that, that guitar is broken. I just thought maybe it would be repaired. But but yeah, he he played a Travis Bean as as did his bass player, and that sound was just like rumbling. It was going through you. There was so much presence there from the uh, from like amp, a pair of Ampeg eight tens on one side, and maybe three or four four uh, twelves, and and you know a couple of Marshall heads on on Steve's side. That that sound was you know was rumbling. Was a proper sort of live show sound, whereas Pliny's mm. was just. It was just there. Like, I think it's very difficult, isn't anything. it? Because, you know, there's a, there's a certain interaction between having a Marshall on stage and putting a couple of mics in it and someone at front of house kind of EQing it and putting it through a PA system and, you know, all that sort of response that you're getting compared to a DI out from back of an amp that's giving you a digital copy of exactly what you're hearing on stage through a PA. Yeah. And maybe that player reaction isn't there. And I think that's something that, speakers give you um and speaker cabs give you but i've you know the whole and i I really like Pliny um and a lot of those other kind of sort of bands that are similar to them but they're all starting to suffer from a very similar strandberg slash digital guitar sound which is that i think that kind of thing has moved from a really you know what was gent to kind of like math rock to kind of this sort of really technical kind it's of a very clean form of it's very it is very clean and there's there's no hiding with that in terms of your playing um but sometimes you want a bit of drive and a bit of like mud to just give it some aggression um, absolutely 
And, you know, there's a there's a great wave of like players on Instagram stuff that's so technically amazing. But then it's sort of like going so technical. It's almost like, man, just like play a power chord. Yeah, I think we're, this, 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 this comes down to that sort of ultimate argument of uh, close enough for rock and roll versus uh, sort of technical clarity. And I think you know, people ge- generally tend to like one or, or the other. Uh, mm. and, and yeah, yeah, absolutely for me. I, you know, I'd, rather, I'd rather hear someone wreck a solo because they were so into it. Than, yeah. um, but then than, than play something exactly like it was on the record. I mean, that's why I was, I've, I've always been really into sixth because they were the, one of them and my sugar were like the two starters of that genre and sixth didn't really even know that they, they'd become that, but they were a mixture of like really heavy distorted metal guitar tones and riffs along with something that was super technical that in 2002, no one was doing anything like that. No. Uh, yes, yeah, they were very, very much ahead uh, of their game. Actually, another band, Six, who have played the Arctangent Festival. Um, bringing it slightly uh, back around to gear, I also got to see um, And So I Watch You From Afar, who, since I've last seen them, have become a uh, reverend guitars endorsed band. Oh, cool. Um, before they were playing like a Rec Telecaster and one of those, what were those retro Ibanez called? The Jet something? Jet King? Jet King, Jet yes, King. that's it. So they were split between those. Uh, both of them, that telly was still there, but was swapped out occasionally for a pair of reverends. I couldn't tell you uh, sort of what make, but the, obviously the headstock is very distinctive, as is uh, as is their um, slightly 50s body shape. But it was it was nice to see reverend getting uh, represented uh, kind of oh, on cool. the stage. Yeah, yeah, it was very yeah, they're cool. A wicked, they're a wicked band. Um, I've one band I really actually really want to see. Um, and they have a lot of cool yes, pedals. Uh, I think they always use some boss pedals. I, I had an email from one of them the other day being like, some boss stuff. I was like, oh, wicked. I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, they. Um, they I, I believe they both have uh, pedal train. Um, hmm. What's the what's the largest one? Pro. Is it Pro? Are you sure? Is, is there sure one up? Pro. Yeah, I think maybe oh, you're right. Wait, yeah. No, there's a Terror. Is there like a, I don't think they yeah, make Yeah, Terror, that's it. Yeah, they're, they're old pedal boards. Um, but yeah, oh, both okay. on both on Pedal Train Terrors, which was uh, which is very cool. A fan, a fantastic band who have kind of veered away from uh, switches uh, for the longest time and have stuck to just running, you know, twenty plus pedal boards. A very, very pedal impressively. Boards. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I really like the way you said that. You really split the two out. I was like, really, <laughs> really threw me. Yes, but uh, but yes. Anyway, back to back to gear. Matt Knight. This week, um, you've received a, a couple of new things. Yes, yes, yes. I um, posted in the Facebook group. I got a very. It's always nice when you get something in the post from uh, someone you've been talking to for ages. It's like having a pen pal um, at Guitar Nerd sometimes because people send you stuff, and I'm like, oh, it's really pen sweet. pals are generally reciprocal, Matt. Uh, yeah, I should. Yeah, whereas all you back. do is just get sent stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and I send it back through podcast love. Yeah, um, okay. I hope you. I hope you posted a handwritten note with. I will. Like, I bought an old like, typewriter. Love and, and affection. Grew a really twirly moustache, and um, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna type out a really. Are you suggesting that? Are you suggesting that writing stuff is archaic? No, it's hipster. It's hipster. That's oh, what it okay. Is. Sorry, <laughs> writing a letter. So, uh, so what did you receive this week, that night? Um, so, I have been talking to them for a little while ever since we got the uh, SG wiring harness that we fitted into the the Bigsby guitar, which is done. Um, and we've been going back and forth about doing uh, upgrading a couple of my other guitars, uh, my Teddy, my custom shop Les Paul, because I was like, do you know what? I wonder if they can make it better. Um, and also we were talking about a Strat because I've, I've got a Paisley Strat and then that moved on to doing something for a guitar that I'm building as a present for, um, for my dad's birthday. What, what guitar are you building? So um, it's an old Squire that I had uh, Graham Wheeler, um, who we've mentioned on the podcast before, who, used, who still does stuff at GAC, but uh, guitar repairer extraordinaire and also sprayer of all things vintage um because he still sprays in nitro um stripped a guitar bass coated it and then my dad gave it to someone he knows who does a load of artwork and had it like hand painted um and i'm getting it completely nitroed 
sprayed and polished with a clear plastic scratch plate so you can see all the artwork underneath so you can hang it in his um in his office Ah, oh, that sounds fantastic but also... he's like and he and he also just every time he picks up the guitar he's like yeah i can play the guitar and he plays satisfaction by the rolling stones he learned <laughs> those three notes and then that is it so maybe i'll buy him a fuzz pedal um <laughs> and a blues junior wow, i should have just bought my bar telly yeah of course that's that's Um, obviously the ultimate solution yeah so anyway the guys at gun street sent me a bunch of wiring harnesses that we've been talking about because they do custom options we mentioned before they do they take feedback from the wiring harnesses you buy and then increase them and and change things for the different batches but they they custom made a tele harness that they called the black knight and then hand drew a little diagram on it and um yeah wired up a a three-way tele with a push-pull pot on the volume that bypasses all of the volume controls, all of the tone controls, and wires the bridge straight to the output jack, which I thought was quite cool. Oh, oh wow, I love cool. that. That's great. Yeah, That's and such a punk rock mod. I'm well into it. And because the pickup I've got in the telly is a... Is it a quarter pounder, I think? And that's so it's quite a, like, a high really? output telly pickup. You've got a quarter pounder. A quarter you pounder? put a quarter pounder in a no. Telecaster. Which one is it? Why would you do that? Put a broadcaster in there. No, put an antiquity. Put in I, something good. No, this is definitely a vintage one. No. I can't remember what it is. It's not a quarter pounder. It's some sort of... Uh, yeah, it's a Seymour Duncan one, but I can't remember what it is. Um, but it's a quite a bright-sounding vintage pickup. I'm, I'm not, it's not quarter pounder because I'm thinking of okay. something different. Do you, do you know, we're on uh, on no. telly bridge pickups, um, they they did, they had this fantastic one in the Seymour Duncan lineup recently, which was like a, a half and half. Do you guys remember, remember that one? No. It was, uh, it, it was so, it had like a high output on your, uh, on your high end um, and then uh, normal, a normal output on you. I'm going to find out what it is whilst we're talking, but it, it was, I think it was called something like the 52. I'll, I'll, I'll look it up sort of whilst we're talking, but, um, ah, yeah, but they um, do a fantastic range. Yeah. So Sean um, sent me those and he also sent me the wiring harness for my custom shop, Les Paul, uh, which was quite interesting. Actually, they say they hand match all the pots. I don't know whether they just measure. I don't, I don't actually know how exactly they do it, but they said they're all, measured and to 0.01% of one another. So they're like hand matched pots with hand wow, picked cool. components and stuff. So and they just they just really nicely presented. They come with a nice little note. They come with a really nicely laid out, easy to follow wiring diagram. Um and I just think they're great. You know, and it's someone like me who doesn't want to go out and source a load of brilliant components and try and wire it in and then fluff it up and burn yeah, a load of resistors because I've put the soldering on it iron on it too long. Um, you can literally just drop it in and you just need to solder a couple of pickups. <laughs> Someone did suggest, oh, they should do something that's plug and play, um, which obviously we're starting to see a lot more of. But all the hard, heavy lifting, all the heavy soldering has been done. It is just a couple of solder joints. So I'm looking forward to dropping those in. So, yeah, it was really good to get those. Oh, that sounds super cool. The pickup I was fumbling around for the name of was the the 5.2. Um, it was uh, So it has Alnico 2 and Alnico 5 magnets uh, positioned on the on the lows and the highs. Oh, right. So you get like a really tight low end, but then really push treble. It's great. It's a, an absolutely fantastic bridge pickup if anyone's ever looking for something uh, with a little bit of a twist. Which one was that? Sorry, oh. I missed that. The 5-2, the Seymour Duncan 5-2 Tele bridge pickup. But okay. like a really great sounding, great sounding alternative. And I think Seymour Duncan do such a massive range, uh, you know, certainly across the board, but in, in the Tele range especially. And I think it's one of those pickups that you might not necessarily think of. Like, you know, I think a lot of people would go for things like an antiquity or, um, or you know, or or they'd think of things like the the quarter pounder or the hot telly and that that they do that 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 little 59 as well the yeah. the the mini humbucker i think sort of those are the the kind of the go to's and i think the 52 maybe gets a little underrated but fantastic sounding alternative yeah cool yes indeed um and what else oh i got some stuff i got some stuff uh this week um i picked up turned up in its uh, in a wonderful uh, wooden box, which uh, I had to, um, I had to admit um, to Blake from the Tone Mob that 
it took me some time to realize that the top of the box simply lifts off. Um, <laughs> it, it, it was, <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I was like looking around for a crowbar or something to try and try and get in. And then I realized, oh, you, you, you do just lift the top of the, the wooden box. Anyway, uh, so I picked up one of the tone mob, the, uh, the model 001, uh, fuzz generators. Uh, in a rather fetching finish as well, so I'm. Uh, uh, I was rather excited to try that out. It sounds fantastic on bass, um, which I was chuffed about. You know, like sometimes with fuzzes, unless there's a blend control, you lose a load of low end. But um, I think it, it was super tight and functional. Um, I was really, really into it. Have you guys tried the zero zero one? Because we got one a little while ago, but I don't know if any of you guys got a chance to try one out when we had it for a bit. I think period. it was back in the day when we had um, the early Guitar Nerd stock, which was a bunch of pedals, and I was coming down once every few months to try and get through it all. And I don't know yeah. if we ever did. I think we had to. I think we ended up having to send it back because they were like a limited thing. So I'd be interested to try it this time. Yeah, yeah, that's super cool. And the other thing that I've been spending a lot of time on this week: Southampton pedals. Um, uh, from Canada, who uh, I think we, I think we've mentioned a few times. Yeah, yeah. Got... They sent us the um, oh the the Swiss Army knife thing, which has yeah, got a name the, that's similar to that. And I can't it's think the what it's, called. Uh, it's the uh, it's called the utility knife. The utility knife, and that's... and it's uh, it's all your modulations in in one very convenient pedal, and also sounds fantastic. You know, kind of especially with modulation, I kind of think unless a pedal is specifically designed for. Uh, you know, doing that or, you know, or something like uh, the MD500. Um, if it's not one of those things, it, it, everything can sound a little not as good as if you just bought a pedal that just does that function. Like mm. has anything ever sounded as good as a Phase 90? You know, that's that sort of thing. But the um, the utility knife actually sounds incredible uh, across the board. But this week was the first time the that I got a chance to try out the, it, the Istinio. Ictinio, oh, the um, the bass preamp. No, it's it's based on a bass preamp, but it is uh, it is a universally usable preamp. And I have to yes. say, for our sort of uh, uh, for our sort of make gooder category, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. So uh, I actually popped it. I was I was looking for something to um, uh, to give my tone uh, a little bit of pop. Um, and okay. So essentially I was playing this, this, this art tangent, um, uh, show and, and our, 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 our set was, um, were, was quite a, a high octane one. I needed, uh, it was, it was mostly aggressive songs and I was using, uh, I've just got an Ashdown, a CTM 300, which they're, they're big monster yeah 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 i i uh i saw a picture of you playing joe so obviously i could see that the ashdown was on stage seeing as it took up about a third of the stage (laughs) (laughs) it's so big it's It's so big it's so big it's so deep it's 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 a two-man lift and i think in comparison to tim our guitarist who started using two uh katana Katana's, yeah <laughs> and he was like he's been very much like you you made me get rid of my orange stack because you said like we needed to go more portable and i've moved to these bosses and meanwhile you're turning up with a with the the biggest head that anyone's ever seen but it, it sounds fantastic and a big but, guitar amp as well yeah i know yeah um <laughs> but uh um, it, just to just to bring it back around to the uh the, the this southampton effects uh, pedal it's the ictinio oh did you right. do the same as me jay i did the ictinio and do you know what the ictinio is do you know where the name comes from no where does it come from so you see on the front of the pedal it's got a submarine yes the, the ictinio was actually the first submarine oh. uh so it was uh it was um it, it was first built in 1859 the uh the ictinio um which is pretty mad uh no pretty mad cool little bit of uh there you go it's not all it's not all uh you know sometimes we're nerds not just guitar nerds (laughs) seafaring vessel nerds yeah absolutely (laughs) well um yeah basically patreon topic uh basically because i because i hadn't used the ctm 300 uh very much i wanted something on my board that i could dial in and um get get a tone that i wanted you know if i wasn't 100 percent happy with with everything and i just found it was one of those pedals that 
yeah, you know, those make gooders that just kind of bring out all those subtle nuances in your playing and um, and and just all those harmonicy things underneath everything. It, it's just a fantastic pedal for depth. And uh, yeah, I th- thoroughly recommend it for sort of guitar and bass. It was absolutely fantastic. Cool. Um, we should talk about some news. Um, here's the jingle. <laughs> news so there's uh, a few bits of news this week starting off with uh, something that might sound dull but I, I certainly think for people who are on the fence about maybe getting one of these or maybe people who have one already this will certainly be uh, exciting matt uh, kemper have updated their profiling amplifier yes operating system 5.5.2 so what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> they have added the most important thing that anyone really wants from a Kemper, and that is spring reverb. Oh, okay. I was going to say, is it, is it a tape echo? But yeah, spring reverb will be second. Um, so yeah, they have... It's now available to all profilers um, with the current uh, beta operating system um, to preview it, and then they've kind of released it with their unique parameter, Dripstone, which delivers highly authentic spring reverbs from sought-after combo amps, is considered the best in the class among profile players worldwide. Spring reverb will still be enhanced, of course, um, throughout its beta phase, and then we'll get it sort of fully ready soon. So, yeah, you can test their new uh, spring reverb on there. They've actually mainly added a bunch of support for people who record with it or who are doing a lot of stuff in the studio where they're profiling other amps. So they now support uh, digital recording uh, equipment through um, SPDIF that goes all the way up to 96K. Uh, You can now run uh, cabs in stereo. You do need a second power amp, but it does put everything in full stereo through real guitar amps, as well as being able to go into full range speakers in stereo, um, which is quite cool if you want to have two cabs on stage and then have your monitors. Um, I'm guessing, you know, more pro people who are using it want to drive two cabs rather than have two Kempers driving two separate cabs. Yeah. You'd rather just have one Kemper that, that does both. Um, Celestian have paired up with them and you now get 18 selected uh, Celestian cabs. There's a bunch of impulse responses um, that Celestian have released. I've actually um, got a bunch of those recently um, that I've been doing with the GT1000 from Celestian and they are awesome. So even if you just want good impulse responses, the Celestian stuff is great, but the profiler comes with 18 selected Celestian cabinets. Um, And then they've done a a bunch of stuff with kind of MIDI and changing how some of the switches work. So I think it's mainly adding in a few kind of user requests for things that need to be done um, and just upgrading the um, digital recording out. Cause I guess a lot of people are just going straight into Kemper straight into a, a recording device. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's totally, I mean, that's wicked. And another reason to get a Kemper. Where do yeah. you guys sit? Where do you guys sit on the Kemper? Helix Usually on the top. If you sit next to it. It's... <laughs> oh, I guess yeah. you sit GT 1000. Yeah, but it's it's a totally different thing to that. I I guess it it does modelling in a totally different way. Um, The big thing I've always found, and I mean, I've not done bunch, uh, I've I've not done loads of recording or anything like that, but when we were doing some stuff last year and I was with my mate in the studio and obviously all the amps, all the cabs were in a live room and then all the heads were in the the actual like studio with the desk and he was just sitting there hearing it through monitors. And I was like, and every time I go to his and we're, we're trying stuff out and it's always through his monitors. I'm like, it just doesn't feel as nice as actually standing in front of a, a cab. And I guess that's maybe because I'm more of a, a bedroom player. But for me, it's like the Kemper is like, if you hear it through two monitors, I just don't get the same inspiring feeling. Like it still sounds good. But I'm not like being blown away by all the air that's being pushed out of it. Yeah, so you're you're a big fan of pushing air. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, yeah, you could run into a power amp and then a couple of FRFR cabs. Um, But then also, like sometimes I just get option paralysis for that sort of thing, which is why I really like my Morgan because it's just volume and tone. Yeah, super simple. Yeah, I mean if I was doing more stuff, then maybe. um, I mean, Joe, you've probably been and seen Rabia's studio and yeah. everything he does at home 
he does straight into the Kemper. He doesn't necessarily always go through his like Kraken rig. And yeah, it, it does sound really good. But then when you want to add in pedals and stuff, and I'm like, oh, it's just it's just too much. It was like when I had a DV multi-amp. I was like, oh, it sounds great. But I've found one sound that I like, and I never change it from that. So I might as well, <laughs> well just buy the amp that, I'm, that I like. like that that's it's kind of it. That's that. kind of, I, I, I appreciate the versatility of Kemper, but I've always thought, how how many amps? How many amps are you going to choose? I mean, I get, I understand it for a um, a session player as such, but essentially you're going to find that one amp that is your sound. And then, you know, in, in 90% of the cases, surely um, it would be cheaper to just buy the amp. You see them yeah. in studios a lot as well, which again makes complete sense. And and of course, was their original purpose? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that that I'm I'm all about. For for me, it's just even today. Actually, I was watching a video that was a, a side by side, and I just I'm still not there yet. I, I appreciate it's difficult when you're, and and I think these these videos that are side by side are difficult to do because inevitably you they're they're being recorded um and it doesn't matter how well they're being recorded you're still listening to it through your computer and it's being compressed by youtube and you know so it it is difficult to do through the internet but even then i just i I think the uh i I think like you know a quote-unquote real amp sounds but that's that's an unfair i don't mean to say that i mean like you know a a tube amp i i just think sounds better i was Um, uh, i was really coming coming over to that i've got really into um, line sixes stuff really uh, recently like really into the the helix um you know off the back of liking the hx effect so much um but yeah absolutely just I, being an arc tangent and seeing like the 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 difference yeah seeing it on a, on a stage <sighs> like that but but i think that's kind of different I, for me I, I i'm okay with uh the sort of big modeling effects processes that i i think there's definitely a place for and i can even see myself getting one i have been thinking about it um maybe getting uh maybe getting a, a, an hx or or maybe starting with a, you know, getting something like that one of these next gen um effects processes because I, I could use that at home and get a lot of use out of it and really enjoy it um i think live i'd probably still only ever really use pedals but that's because i'm not going to need all of the versatility of of uh, something like super super uh, complex like that, but for me that the amp is just a step too far. I I don't I don't I don't get. It. But it isn't designed for me. You know what I mean? Like there's lots of things out there that that people are into, but I just I think that the the FX processor is is where the real uh, the the real usability of these things is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's weird, isn't right. it? Because a lot of people just go, you know, the argument is, I guess, ah, oh, well. No one to be able to tell on stage. It doesn't matter. And it's like, yeah, it's like no one will. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. In the audience, we had to tell, I'm not playing a gig for the audience. It's like, I'm, I'm sort of like playing, I'm playing it for my own enjoyment. You know what I mean? It's like, if you enjoy using it, it's great, but I just enjoy using an amp and I'd rather just have one sound. Yeah. Um, regardless of Absolutely. whether people can hear a difference between a Kemper and a, a real amp. And nice. you know, without wanting to, without wanting to, to, to big up Joe too much, 
he could tell the difference. Do you know what I mean? You say, yeah. well, on the stu- on, like the audience won't be able to tell the difference. Well, I mean, that's obviously not true. Yeah, <laughs> the, and and obviously you 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 know I appreciate I'm watching very different bands, but there was just yeah, it's just the atmosphere is just gone. That that sort of live thing is gone. I could have been listening to a recording, and that that for me is where the problem will always lie. But then Pliny's that sort of a player. Like I think about, I wonder if I like I haven't seen Skindred since. Um, uh, since Mikey Demas has started using Kemper, and I wonder if um, I wonder if he's the sort of player where it would be fine because they're way more about the live show than Pliny is. Like I think for for Pliny, he you know turned up and 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 played exactly the same as he is on the record, and and that's very much what he's about. He's very much a studio guitarist. The the live set is something that. Uh, that comes after it is something that they have to do uh, to to make the records. Whereas you know, Skindred are very much all about the live performance. So there there, there is. I, I'm not I'm not saying I'm 100 percent correct on it. I'm I'm saying that my experience of the Kemper in a live situation has been not that good. Um, Matt Knight, Xander Circuitry. Yes, our friend Alex Alex Miller. I'm pretty sure it's Alex Miller. I'm going to go with Alex Miller. Um, Alex from uh, Xander circuitry and it's been a while since he sent us the um the tape deck and stuff and he was obviously just starting out his website now looks brilliant well the uh, circuitry got... stuff is fantastic i've got the uh the the wobbler which is a discontinued <coughs> pedal of his mm. a um a, a dual foot switch vibrato which <laughs> that based is on everything. the old magnetone vibrato yeah. oh my goodness it's everything i've ever wanted in a vibrato vibrato being my favorite modulation and having two options like having two foot switchable options on a vibrato it's the perfect live the most live usable use um modulation pedal i think we discussed last uh a few episodes ago the one oh, you yeah, could leave true. on the most have the most subtle and it's not as in your face as like a chorus a phaser or a flanger Mm. um but yeah so he's uh upgraded his website he's upgraded his look um all the cases i, I think now are, are being done i think he originally he was screen printing a lot of them um which i think they're being they're being done um sort of outsourced and he's been able to do a, a bunch more of them he's got a bunch more pedals on his website and two more have just been released so the foxton woods which is an upper octave fuzz generator so dual foot switch fuzz uh, one for engaging and one for the octave but what's really nice um, about this is you've got input and output volume um, as you'd expect but body and punch control pre-gain low end and mid-range and then it's got a six-way clipping diode so you can go between germanium silicon led transistor mosfet or none Oh my so God. I think that's really that's nice for awesome. getting a whole range of different fuzz sounds. You know, Germanian silicon are the ones that most people are aware of. Um, obviously going for like the transistor kind of some of the different big maths um, or MOSFET, like some other um, fuzzes are on the market or LEDs, like uh, things like the Proco. Um, I think the RAT is like a an LED kind of um, clipping style or, or none at all, which opens everything up. And uh, then having the octave on there as well. So you can go from sort of a high gain fuzz to, you know, massive octave up at the click of a switch. So I think that looks really, really cool. I like the idea of going through the the diodes. And it's nice because, you know, they all offer a slightly different variation on the fuzz sound. And then you can kind of tailor it with the um, the bottom and mid-range. And bottom end controls is something I love on fuzz pedals because I love that boomy sort of huge low end I'm, yeah, I'm, um, I'm the same that has always been the thing with fuzz pedals fuzz pedals that's turned me off is when they just suck all the uh the low end out yeah and, and you, you know you're this. just left with that like that and i know that lots of people like that's what they look for in fuzz pedals but mm. for me it's just why uh it's why for example like i always had a soft a soft spot for the um the white atom the satellite white atom because mm-hmm. like again that's that that sort of thing you, you can bring in that uh, that low end, and it doesn't sound quite as as uh, sort of saggy as uh, as as other fuzz pedals. So this this sounds really interesting, especially with that upper octave generator. You know, the, having the upper octave uh, capabilities as well sounds really really interesting. Yeah. So that's his first pedal. Um, so I'd be interested to try that actually because I'm looking for um, I'm looking to retire, semi-retire the um, 
78 Big Muff because it's getting a little bit delicate and I'm worried I might really? break it. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, he's, seen, he's, seen what they're, he's seen what they're fetching on reverb at the moment. Yeah, so yeah when you uh, say retiring, do you mean selling? Oh, no. I am going to put it on oh. a vintage electroharmonics pedal board. Um, right. So I'm going to buy a bunch of old big box electroharmonics pedals. Yeah, um, that's a good idea. That's yeah. a very cool idea. Very yeah. cool. Um, although some of them are like originals, impossible to find reissues, ridiculous value. I mean, if you find an original, like 16 seconds delay, not one of the 2000 reissues, they're like, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, even the reissues are like three, 400. Right. Um, so yeah, but anyway, second pedal on that is the surplus elemental overdriver features a very similar set of controls. Um, so it's a dual channel uh overdrive so you've got two levels and two gains with a master tone control um and then uh response which does all the bottom end so very similar to the fuzz with the same six-way um clipping selection so germanium silicon led transistor mosfet or none that is fantastic um, that that really really makes that super duper versatile yeah I'm, i'll be very excited to hear i'm that. i'm really into um sort of like two channel drives at the moment so like having Absolutely. one in the es8 for example and then having it on like all the time and then just having it on like the upper tier and you can just click on it to yeah an extra one the one thing i wish people would add in and this is only for people like me that have got switching systems is remote switching for the second channel yeah um so you can just do it, it it's a good idea i think more more and more people are moving towards that and i completely agree i've been using the uh the petty john petty drive um loads recently and uh yeah with the, again like just having two tiers of drive fantastic yeah. so um that looks really cool and so both those feature the same clipping um you know sort of circuitry one's an overdrive and i like the fact that it's got two different levels again and the fuzz has got the upper octave so really interested to check those out i think he is potentially a bunch with a bunch of other other friends are going to be at the uk guitar show at the end of september so i think we're going to be at that so hopefully cool, yeah that's creeping up in it isn't it yeah that is creeping up it's like three four weeks away yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually away, uh, so you guys oh, are going better. to be going without oh, me. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm letting everyone down. Um, Jay Cross. Hello. Uh, Court, uh, one of the most underrated guitar companies of the moment, uh, have released something which I think is an incredibly good-looking and surprisingly awesomely specced Les Paul alternative. Talk to me about it. Yeah, so... Um, uh, uh, I, I I don't really want to completely go against what you just said there, Joe. <laughs> I was really, do you know what? I was really leading into it because you looked at this earlier. I was like, what, what is this? No, that's yeah. not what I said at all. But, but so where were we? Maybe six months ago. Thanks for dropping me in it though, mate. I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, maybe I'm just having a look on the court website now, which appears to be not working. So yeah, where was it? Six months ago <laughs> or so, court brought out the, uh -huh. the Sunset TC. Which um, we thought which, was great. Which we thought was great. A really cool... Um, Bolt-on like, Tele yeah. Les Paul Jr. hybrid. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. A Tele Les Paul Jr. hybrid, P90 and neck, um, a bit of, you know, quite a bit of, um, of aging on the body, um, not huge money, you know, it was they're 700 quid or something, but a, a cool looking guitar and something very different. And what I liked about it was it wasn't just caught going down the old court route of taking a well-selling popular guitar and, uh, you know, doing th their own uh -huh. version of it. I see where you're going with this. And, and it, this just kind of seems like a slight step in the other direction because right. this looks very similar to other uh, single-cut uh, mahogany body um, twin humbucker guitars on the market, uh, very similar to maybe something that you could have purchased in 1958 or 59 or 1960, but then not again until 1968. So, <laughs> well, they, the, court, the court themselves have said, uh, have, have referred to this as... Uh, uh, as path tone without the price tag right okay um uh, so, but what I do, so yeah it, it very much is you know it's, it's very much in the les paul uh les paul looking uh and designed area but what i do think is quite what, cool what's about, the guitar called it's called the cr 300 catchy as ever yeah i don't really know where that has 
come from. But what I do think is is cool about it is they are using the um, EMG retroactive FAT55s, which we talked about on the podcast. Maybe when maybe when they came out, probably a yeah, year which, ago. No, I think I don't think it was quite as long as that. Um, but they are basically um, they're EMG making still active pickups, but that have the aesthetics of um of uh passive pickups uh so they uh they look really cool but I, i've actually not played anything with these uh mainly because i don't think anything has actually come to market with them in uh so that is the that's the reason why i think that this is very cool is is that core aren't just going down the route of saying okay well look we can just get some oem pickups and stick them in they have gone for something that is um quite you know a a, a premium branded pickup in these um and i i think i think i'm excited to hear them uh I, 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 yeah i think i think these pickups are a great idea and this is a really interesting concept for um uh for kind of retro modern players i think i think this guitar really neatly straddles those two those two things it's you know it's once uh kind of uh, a very retro looking you know lp style guitar and then to to give it the addition of these vintage sounding but active pickups yeah i think potentially makes this a, a a fantastic guitar for people who use a lot of effects and stuff i, I think it would be really cool it is quite expensive again though we're looking at about 800 dollars. yeah so and it's the fingerboards uh weird as well Jatoba rather than uh rather than rosewood which you know is no surprise i don't think we'll i think the the number of rosewood um Loaded instruments we're going to see is is going to start to dwindle um, as the site thing doesn't appear to be going away. So, um, but yeah, you know, it's it's. I think this is mainly just a personal thing in that uh, what Court did with the um, the uh, whatever that other thing was called that I've already forgotten the name of the Sunset TC. Um, it just it really seemed like I was really excited about that because it really seemed like Court was starting to do something a little bit different, and it's just it's just a little bit frustrating. Like you, you look down there, you look on their website and all the guitars on there are, are things that, you know, you recognize from other brands doing similar things. You know, there's, there's, there's guitars that are like basically Jackson's and there's Ibanez's and it's, you know, I, I understand what they're doing and they're offering, um, instruments at a, at a cheaper price. I'm not saying that, you know, they're out and out copies, of course not, but, it's just like the Sunset TC was something so different and so cool. I don't know. It's just it just seems it's just a shame. That's 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 my that's my thoughts on it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I understand that perspective. I I do, however, think this has an edge. I don't think it's an out and out copy, but I you know I think that I, I completely understand where you're coming from. That that edge isn't as apparent as it was with the with the Sunset. Yeah. That's yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. So super excitingly, probably. Um, the the most exciting. News oh, I think we're we're, we're up about time now, aren't we? Yeah, no, no, yeah. Okay, so thanks very not. much for listening to this week's Guitar Nerds no, podcast. There is exciting news. So exciting. Um, that oh, is it these I, these exotic cables? Uh, exotic to... exotic have released some brass patch cables. Yes, but no, that is uh, <laughs> that is not what we're going to be talking about on this podcast. Stuart guitars probably. Um, my new favorite <laughs> guitar brand in the world have introduced the Stowaway. That's right. And if you can guess what the Stowaway is, it is a travel guitar. And not just any travel guitar, a travel guitar that meets all FAA carry-on regulations specifically. Specifically. <laughs> I think that's important because some travel guitars, they're like, yeah, it'll be fine in hand luggage. No, well, this one absolutely is perfect for hand luggage. It's a, a Strat style guitar, so already the best type of guitar. Um, it is headless, so, you know, an extra level of cool. The neck is removable um, for travel, but the strings lock into place, so you don't need to remove the strings to... Uh, to uh, get rid of the uh, the, um, the the neck, and um, uh, is available in five excellent uh, finishes. Um, and 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 again, actually, uh, am am amaranthus fingerboard, which yep. um, is is the as I think everyone's trying to 
it is a type of rosewood, but I think people are, you know, as as is Palfero, but I think people are trying to steer away from the word rosewood uh, now as it becomes more and more of a, a dangerous word. Mm. Palfero um, yeah. isn't a type of rosewood. Is it not? No, it's no. different wood. Oh, well. I, I really like that on their website, the leading quote for the product, you know how every website has a quote about the product, is actually from the owner and maker of the guitar. I've travelled everywhere with it and never had to check it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, you would say that because it's your product. Uh, yes, um, yeah. Features a... Jim Reed. Jim Reed. Every Stuart guitar has the painted clip joint neck oh. connection system. Um that basically allows you to unclip the neck at any point. Effectively, what they've done is they've taken the strat, taken the head off, and then just made it easier for you to unclip the neck. It's it's absolutely banging. It looks <laughs> it looks so cool. It comes in great colours. It's even a reasonable price at six hundred and seventy nine. Joe, that's a lot of money. USDs it, that you can't put a price on travelling with your instrument. Okay. I, uh, I, okay. <laughs> I refuse to believe that that's uh, that's true. Um, I'm not sure if it's my favourite above. I think Snapdragon for that's me. That's still the best one. I, I still, yeah, I think Snapdragon, um, yeah, still still make the best uh, travel guitars. But um, there's also the uh, what was the the other one that are actually called like travel traveller guitar. They're, yeah, they're, they're yeah, very yeah. cool. You're thinking of the company Traveller Guitars, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah they're great, but. <laughs> I do. Uh, the the cool thing about Snapdragon is obviously that they they've got a really individual look and um and they're they're very affordable. Um, things like the uh, I think it's called a sn- uh, I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, Snapaka, um, which uh, is a a guitar where the neck folds into the body and then the two wings of the guitar collapse as yeah, well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, uh, and you know, you you can buy that. You can buy that left-handed or right-handed as well, which is fantastic. But, but, but nonetheless, bringing it back to Stuart guitars, if you want a Stratocaster and you travel a lot, um, you know, screw Fender. You need to get okay, yourself thanks, a. <laughs> Stuart I think the um, the only problem I see is that that only handles anything from eight to twelve gauge strings, and I'm really a big fan of Steve Ray Vaughan. He's thirteen, so I I'm see. I, I'm actually I'm the out. opposite. I'm a, I'm a huge huge fan of Billy Gibbons, and he uses <laughs> exclusively sevens. So if I can't use my sevens on this, then I'm I'm afraid I'm out. I'm that, out. that is that's fine. I don't know if I don't know if you I, I I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a huge huge. Billy Gibbons fan. I've always, always, always said that. Great. You, you great do fella. often, often talk about. Him. Do, do you know that uh, recently? I don't know if we mentioned it on the podcast, but um, uh, Billy Sheehan um, has now. Listen, got, mate, uh, we're, got... <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about my idols, not yours. Yes, absolutely. I will remind you of Billy Gibbon, Gibbons on every future podcast. But yeah, Billy Sheehan recently got a Helix. Um, he started oh, to God. use. He started to use the Helix. Um, they they modelled one of his preamps, um, the, and and he's now using a, a Helix rack along with his uh, his heart key uh, bass rig. Very cool, very cool. Um, we should take some questions. We've still got some time, so let's take some questions. Uh, as usual, all the questions are submitted to us via the uh, Guitar Nerds Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. This first question. You're not going to do the jingle. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Sorry. That's a good point. Here it is. Questions. This first... What have I done, honestly? Uh, what have you, I become? You is it, introduced is it, is it, the jingle. Well, the reason for that, Joe, is uh, not because I want to pander to your um, childish uh, infatuations... Uh, I just like a little bit of uh, coherence and continuity with the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I understand that. That makes sense. So you're welcome, mate. Thanks. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. Sorry, I've had four hours sleep in whatever it is. Four four days. days. And then did you go to did you go to work today? I did go to work today. Oh, okay. I mean, well, 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 go to work strong. I was okay. present okay. in the uh, in, in the office. At and yes, I was awake at work today. I think that that's different from whether or not I actually performed any of my tasks. Anyway, first question is uh, from Matt Davis, and he says, "Has anyone messed around with one um, of?" 
You're gonna read this. You're gonna read you're this gonna whole read, thing. You're gonna. I read can't read thing. it like this off of the group, can I? Yes, you um, can. He let's let's before you read it. Let's say he's talking about the most legendary effect of all time, the Yamaha Magic Stomp. Yes, the Yamaha Magic Stomp, uh, one of Matt's favourites. So, uh, Matt Davis has recently uh, discovered one. He picked one up for $80. And he says that the interface is infuriating. And obviously, Yamaha have stopped um, supporting (laughs) it. Uh, But he's uh, he's completely blown away with what it can do. It has 64 effects, uh, so it reminds him very much of the Line 6 M5, except for the effects allow so much more customization. For example, there's an amp modeler with 11 amp types to choose from, and you can turn the speaker sim on and choose between 16 different speaker types. Um, and those are is only... It, have we taken an advert? Is this is this a paid section that you're you're putting in here? Because this appears <laughs> the to Yamaha be Yamaha Magic Stomp. This really appears to be a. This is a sponsored post from the Yamaha Magic Stomp in 1998. <laughs> Listen, we've bought in a lot of them at work, and I. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, basically he's pointing out that the, the Yamaha Magic Stomp is shockingly versatile. He gives some great examples, actually. Obviously, that one he says. He says, do you want an eight-band parallel delay uh, where you can adjust the modulation panning level and feedback of each band? Because you could do that with this. Um, it just has Matt Knight written all over it. And I um, responded with, but- do you listen to the podcast? Because we've we've mentioned the legendary Magic Stomp many a time for its classic sounds such as Cats, Bats, and Tractor, which Tractor <laughs> was just four octaves down and Stimpsy just went... That was it. <laughs> With zero mix control. It was just that. It was just like a horse breathing out. It was the weirdest thing ever. But, but it's it was, such an interesting pedal, isn't it? And it was one of that... the first things that took on, well, it you know, before M5, before, you know, there were other multi-effects. And we're talking like... 98, 99, I guess, to, up to about Crikey, 2002, was it that early? I didn't think it was that early. 2006, it was Discon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've just found a group with someone going, if you can still find it, the old uh, Yamaha uh, Magic Stomp, no, Yahoo Magic Stomp group was great. I'm like, I don't think anyone's still <laughs> on that, mate. <laughs> um, um, speak, speaking, of, uh, speaking of groups, I've, I've just uh, I found a forum uh, it's actually the Seymour Duncan forum where uh, J.M. Corey uh, posted in 2007, uh, since the Magic Stomp was discontinued in 2006, does anyone think that Yamaha may announce a successor to it at this year's NAM? And I, I feel really bad. I hope J.M. Corey isn't still sat there just hitting F5, <laughs> desperately hoping that there's, there's a, 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 a new version of the Magic Stomp because where are we? 11 years later, they still haven't done one. So Yeah. Well, actually, I've... I've... It's it's ported over to a Facebook group now, which I've just joined because I do love the Magic <laughs> Storm. Um, but yeah, one of the really early just effects, multi-effects, you know, well, I mean, it had amp modeling, but most people just used it for the effects. It was like, a, an I, the idea was it covered one or two stomp boxes and you pre-programmed a bunch of sounds, kind of a bit like the Zoom MS-70 CDR. Um but one, if, if I remember right, one of the first had computer editing, like USB had a computer editor, a very basic one, um, obviously because you were probably running Windows XP at that point. Um, and it had artist patches. I remember John 5 did a whole bunch of artist oh, sounds John for it. John 5, he's always on the artist patches. I know, and I think I just missed. I was On eBay, I was watching a Zoom GN1J5. Oh, classic. Really Explain um, that pedal briefly for our listeners. It's a plastic two-button Zoom pedal that had only John <laughs> 5 presets into it, added into it. <laughs> It was it was an excellent pedal. Rather than that being just released as something additional on the standard Zoom G5, he got his very own signature With his own version box of and everything. But yeah, the Yamaha, the Yamaha Magic, they ended up doing an acoustic version. Um, they did a bass version of the Magic Stomp, and it's you more commonly see it now. With um, there's a one person or a group of people that make Hank Marvin Shadows presets for every type of multi-effects that seems to have existed from 30 years ago to now. And you can buy this multi-effects preloaded with 200 of your favourite Hank Marvin Shadows effects. And they do pop up 
on the the magic stomp um quite often more more often than not things like the zoom g5 and the g9 um but a lot of people buy them because they just want all these pre-programmed um hank marvin sounds on them but yeah it's a crazy level of detail that you can go into on the magic stomp and um yeah some really unique things in it like multi-delays and great chorus sounds great modulations cool delays and it's got that kind of I hate to say vintage, that sounds awful for something that only came out 20 years ago. Um, but that kind of like retro digital delay sound, I guess. Um, similar in a way to the way the DL4 sounds, I guess. It's that retro, not as high bit rate as, as some other multi-effects are now. I, um, I, I have to say, I think, and I know I've spoken about this on a couple of podcasts recently, but if you're looking for something that with high level of detail... It's not massively expensive, um, and and you want to really sort of edit up a couple of effects. I I still think the mod duo is is is. You know, mm, we haven't talked. We should we should probably do on, that. We should actually really delve into that. I really think we should. I think episode onto it. Yeah, because that yeah that's that's definitely a Patreon episode coming up. Computer editing craziness. I, I, I can't believe how great it is. Like like the fact that you can design or build literally anything digitally mm. yourself using it plugging it in and using their browser-based software and then have that on your board as, as an addition like yeah. any effect in the world that you think you're you're missing or you are it's a wonderful way to integrate a yeah. part analog part digital board i think um the um just get quickly going back to the magic stomp i think the only fault is the tuner does not go down to 432 um <laughs> i was really disappointed with that it only sort of goes <laughs> as low as about 435 really can't right. get myself in tune with that but actually if you can pick one up cheap enough um like i am still trying to do buy a magic stomp um they run on a ridiculous power supply and you do tend to find them without their power supply um but yeah they were they were ahead of their time and i think they they sort of died a death without anyone sort of really paying much attention but there's obviously a core group of hardcore 650 hardcore magic stomp fans on the facebook group 651 now I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, amazing so yeah watch this space i'm gonna buy a magic stomp and talk about it every week great okay fine well that pretty much brings us up to time on the regular episode of the podcast but we will be continuing over on the patreon episode of the uh guitar nerds podcast uh where this week i think we're going to talk about some budget guitar brands and uh what uh sort of bang for your buck you can get from some rather affordable instruments uh you can support us on our guitar nerds patreon from as little as one dollar a month, one dollar uh, gets uh, um, means you support the Guitar Nerds podcast. It gets you the regular episode ad free and early. Five dollars a month gets you an extra half an hour every week, plus access to bonus features and mini series such as the Branton's Rant on. And ten dollars a month makes you one of our executive backers, granting you access to everything already mentioned, plus the prestigious honor of having your name read out in one breath by me. <clears throat> Are we ready? Yeah, I'm. 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 Um, I'm ready, Joe. Okay. Oh wait, actually, you've asked me that. Ser- you've asked that seriously because you want a uh, a tune. Well, I don't, don't mind. You? Shall I just? Shall I just go? Um. Yeah. All right. Okay. Matt, where's your um? Have you got your uh, RTG? No, I'm going. I'm going. Here we go. Oh, Matt's gone somewhere. He's Ethan. had enough. Oh. I'm here. I'm muted. Right, here we go. All right. Here we go. Ethan Jebediah Bartier, Stephen Conradi, Scott Hamilton, Ivor John Mayercutch, Marin Peters, Golden G. Richard III, Sean Arbo, Joshua Mitchell, Chris Wolfman Cuthbertson, Ryan McDermott, Robert Cousins, Rob Gruel, Nate Nagel, Tucker Amadon, Henry Cooper, Emmy James Baker, Christopher Rapsif, Zane Omar, Matt Roberts, Dave Glee, Derek Pitzer, Matt Cliff, Matt Davis, Aaron Sherman, Blake Wyland, Jake Gray, Christopher Loseth, Juan Correa, Scott Connedy, Robin Smith, Rob Nordwick, Rob Grant, Derek Rich, Chris Connors, Andy Joyce, Carl Carlos Mancha, Steve Merkel, Blair Toms, Mark Cross, Brad Page, J.D. Short, Andy McKenzie, Laurie Anstis, Paul Corrigan, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Phil Thompson, Moo Gravit, Colin Anderson. Oh, that was close. I feel that like you did really, really well there, actually. 
Is it okay? I really you didn't, I'm, I you didn't really like. You didn't like sound like you were going to uh, like pop like you normally oh, do. I, I uh, yeah, I, I really was. That was that was. I got concerned about halfway through the list there that I was not going to make the uh, the the whole way through. I'm really really desperately still in recovery mode at the moment. Next week, I assure you, I will be able to you know continue a long note at the end of that, but. Uh, that was all I had left in me. Well, there you have it. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at, at Guitar Nerds or on YouTube at Guitar Nerds Videos. You can even visit our website, guitarnerds.net, where all our various channels are displayed in all of their glory. And you can even purchase Guitar Nerds merchandise and become a true member of the club. That is it for us this week. We'll catch you next time for some more guitar nerdery. Farewell. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.